0: Welcome to the podcast. Yay! <laughs> I'm feeling very giddy today, I just want to warn you right now, I'm feeling very giddy.
1: <laughs> you know, funny enough, Sarah, I'm giddy as well. I think we make a good pair this week. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, and yeah. I'm super excited about today's podcast because I'm just really excited about the topic and the question. Oh
1: yeah, I think uh, listeners have brought some good stuff to our plate this week. Yes,
0: They have indeed. They have indeed. Absolutely. So how is your first day of freedom? Oh, it feels bloody lovely, I have to say. So just to let the listeners know, I've cleared my diary for the next two weeks and I have got no commitments. Well, other than two children, obviously, Um, but I've got no, no work commitments, no coaching engagements, and I've just cleared the decks and... Yeah, I'm just looking forward to, sometimes you just need to take some time out just to totally recenter. I feel like I need to organize some things at home. I just, mm. I feel like I just need some calm time and yeah, just to live life and flow for two weeks. That's what I'm going to do. Ah, I can't beautiful. wait. That's probably why I feel giddy.
1: And it's so funny. And I hope that email that you've crafted, that I'm away email says something like, don't call me, don't think about me, forget my phone number and forget I exist. Exactly.
0: Uh, I'm not even on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sarah, Sarah who? <laughs> what? <laughs> She's a girl we used to know.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that song actually.
0: Me too. <laughs> I'm just resisting the temptation to start singing it into. to singing.
1: You know, it's funny, I was actually having a thought, because, you know, as I, I'm the one who edits our podcast. And so I have the distinct treat of getting to sort of edit our little singing interludes that have happened quite spontaneously over the next last couple of weeks. (laughs) And I'm thinking... Maybe a singing component of our podcast is not a bad idea. I say let it flow when it does.
0: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. I've been doing these recordings, so following on from this podcast, my um, appetite to record my own voice has got bigger (laughs) and bigger. And so I've been doing these recordings. And actually, before I start recording, sometimes just to kind of get myself in the zone because it's different when you're recording stuff by yourself like when we do it it's great because we we put each other in the zone but instead to get on track I've been doing you know they do the kind of like scales I've been doing that just to warm up the voice box
1: that is awesome
0: we should do the same well I'm probably not going to do it right now (laughs) <laughs> but thank you for the invitation. <laughs> That's a lesson in standing in your own power and um, saying no to things. <laughs> okay, good. That you don't want to do. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. Boundaries. That's right. We do talk about that on yes, our
0: podcast. we do indeed. <laughs> so tell me how your week's been.
1: Oh, brilliant. It's my final week. Uh, here in Toronto. And then uh, I'm going to go back to New York. I'm quite excited to see my dude. Uh, I think I'll
0: keep talking about that
1: until I am (laughs) with
0: my dude again. Oh, it's not surprising. It's been a long time.
1: It has. It's... (laughs) it's Oh my gosh, it is so true. Going a little squirrely. Um, so I'm quite excited. It's going to be a kind of a light week in terms of clinical practice. I'm going to get out on the it's gotten really cold here in Toronto and like, you know, 10 degrees Celsius, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a little chilly, uh, mm. but very beautiful. And so kind of hashtag living my best life for the last week. So oh. kind of excited. And for some reason, I'll tell you, I don't know what's going on here. I am just really jonesing for a pair of Doc Martens. I've never had a pair of Doc Martens. And I grew up in the grunge era, and I think I always wanted a pair. And now that I'm an adult, I'm thinking, I've got a bit of an obsession just doing a bit of online searching for like the perfect pair of Doc Martens on 50% off, because, you know, I like a deal. (laughs) And I don't know what's going on for me there, but I'm just looking for some good UK designed footwear what is mm-hmm. that all about
0: well it's obviously a hog back to your past and then the realization that you're a grown-up so you can buy whatever you want without your parents yes. saying no you're not allowed them <laughs> oh yes see
1: they were way too expensive when i was little
0: yeah you talk about um you talk about expensive so i got a message because my children like to text me even when they're in the same house <laughs> oh, so God, i got my children i got a message that's with a link to a top in a Christmas and then question mark. So that's clearly <laughs> a, can I have this? And I opened up the link and I thought, oh, that's a really nice top actually. Yeah, I think, mm. I think look good in that. Scroll down to the price, 200 pound mm. and it's basically oh, a navy blue bloody t-shirt. What? No. It's madness, what
1: madness. is this? When we were in school and we had to like trudge 20 miles both ways in snow uphill. Yeah. We were not getting two hundred quid shirts.
0: No. I, I didn't get anything new. I got all everybody else's hand me downs. Yeah. Not just from my sister, from my cousins. <laughs> Wow, and one of them yes. was a boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look how you turned out, beautiful! Uh, Isn't that funny? You know, it's funny because you know I am do some TikTok videos, and so I spend a lot of time on TikTok. And some person was doing a parody of of like a teenager mm. and saying, "Uh, mom, for Christmas, can I get that Gucci sweatshirt? Yeah, it's only two thousand yeah. dollars, but James' father got it for him. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's madness, madness." So was that a, was that a fuck no?
0: It was definitely a hell no. <laughs> it was, um, I'm going to tell your dad about this and see what he thinks. <laughs> oh, yeah, Because yeah. he's actually worse than me when it comes to stuff oh, like that. So I thought good. I'm going to bring in the heavies.
1: <laughs> yes. So yeah. That's making co-parenting work. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I look forward to is when, you know, maybe 15 years from now, and your daughter and your son have kids and then you're just piling all sorts of crazy shit on their on their children on your grandkids and and they're being like you know why are you spoiling them or why are you and yeah. you'll be like i don't know do you remember october 2020 mm.
0: <laughs> 200 quid shirts yeah exactly exactly <laughs> oh revenge will be yours oh listen i've been storing it up for the last 20 years <laughs> <laughs> yes. even before they were born <laughs>
1: that's so sweet oh man so sarah take us over to the international correspondence
0: desk (laughs)
1: there were jazz hands there guys i just wanted to say
0: oh there were jazz hands i'm excited today oh yeah (laughs) right so you know i love a good um psychological study Mm. so this week i'm bringing you something about gratitude Oh, yeah. Now, I love a bit of gratitude. I think it's a, just a really easy thing to do and just really helps to enrich your life in lots of different ways that you wouldn't even think it would. Mm-hmm. But apparently there is an optimal way to express gratitude towards your loved one. Would you like to know more? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm pleased about that. Otherwise, it was a short, short piece. I'm not <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so this study reveals that the best way to express gratitude is to focus on how valued the other person is, how included they are in your goals, and how they have addressed and fulfilled your needs. So that all sounds a bit complicated. Would you like an example? Yes. Okay.
1: My mind is a bit confused right now, but I'm hearing some you statements, which is really cool. Okay, go on. I'm
0: intrigued. So the example would be, I wouldn't have made it to my meeting on time if you hadn't have dropped me to the office. Oh. So if we break that down a bit, so they're saying, well, actually, my goal was to get to the office in time for the meeting. I had a real need because I needed some help and support in being able to do that. Mm. And I'm super grateful to the fact that you have gone out of your way and that you cared enough about me and you've met some of the things that are important to me. Oh. So then the other person feels super valued and they feel included and they feel like they've been able to really support you in something that was important to you. Which is
1: interesting because the ordinary thing you would say is, oh, hey, thanks for dropping me to work today. Yeah. And it's so funny how, you know, if you're in a bit of a fight and you're kind of pissed off at each other and you give a thank you, but it's a grudging thank you and it's got a backhand insult on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you phrase it like, I would have missed that meaning if you didn't drop me off, that has just so much more genuine... Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard to express gratitude in a way that releases the compliment and doesn't have like a backhanded uh, insult in it there somewhere. Don't you find
0: that? Yeah, no, it can be really difficult. One of the things as well they said in the study was you get more of a positive effect if you do it that way. They said actually what didn't really work so well is if you recognize the sacrifice. So instead, if you said... Um, I know that it was a real hassle for you to drop me off in the rush hour but thank you and I think that plays to what you're saying there is actually it feels like there's something buried in that like there's something more than that rather than just I'm super grateful you got me to the meeting on time and I couldn't have done it without you. You can hear the difference can't you in the in the way that you phrased it. That's amazing.
1: Mm. I really want to acknowledge just The toxic patterns that we can get into as couples and the way we say things, the way that we say things to each other, it can mean the very same, but the tone, I don't think we realize just how much, how laden sometimes our relationships are with things that we say they're laden with with a negative tone. Yeah. And if we just look at the tone that we're expressing things in, it's amazing that olive branch that we hand to our partner and we encourage that same loving back, it can often kind of relieve the logjam of poor communication if we just change the tone of how we phrase things.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: It takes a lot of vulnerability, though, to put it out, again, presuming you may be kind of pissed off at your person, to release a compliment out there without any strings attached. It actually takes a lot of ego, putting aside our ego, actually.
0: You know, they might not have been pissed off. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> they might have just been happy there, they're going... To, <laughs> to work that's true that's a possibility as well <laughs> they might actually be happy with each other
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll leave a small window of opportunity open for that to be the case <laughs> while it. presuming that everybody's in conflict all the time
0: although to be fair if they weren't would be out of job
1: I mean that's true. I mean to be honest, that that is why I always err on the worst case scenario just for that listener who's like does somebody's relationship just really suck like mine and I can say oh no, it, yours is quite common, don't worry.
0: <laughs> and I think to be fair in that nobody's relationship's perfect all of the time. Yeah, And even the happiest of couples. Um, I was having a conversation about this the other day, and uh, you know, me and my partner have been together for coming up for five years. Mm. And I said, it would be unrealistic to think that we'd had pure bliss and happiness for the whole of the five years. We haven't. absolutely, And we won't for the next five years as well. There'll be stuff that comes up. That is just reality. That is life. Yeah. And with that, the reality,
1: something like this in terms of expressing gratitude in a way that fosters togetherness and brings you closer, we need everything we can get.
0: (laughs) And I think, you know, often you do see this, don't you, in long-term relationships where we do take each other for granted. We forget Mm. to say thank you, even for the smallest of things, like, you know, Anna and I are a big fan of a cup of tea in bed in the morning, and just acknowledging that and saying thank you. Thank you for getting up, especially in the cold, dark winter mornings. Thank you for going downstairs and making a cup of tea. That is... You know, that's expressing gratitude, isn't it? And it's important.
1: And to practice that. So how I would phrase that is to say, hey, honey, I had this incredible morning and I felt so warm and loved with your cup of tea. Yeah. I am so grateful for you. Oh, that feels nice. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you can't wait to get back now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, guys, that felt really good. So I just wondered if you wanted to all take a spin and try letting those words come off your lips and just see see what it feels like. Yeah, I'm sure the world will be a better place this week. <laughs> well, we do need a bit of a better world, actually. Oh, <laughs> so tell me about we it. need everything we can get. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, Sarah. You know, the International Correspondence Desk of Love is the thing that's keeping us sane in these COVID times, guys.
0: It's interesting you say that. You see, I've had quite a lot of comments about the International Relationship Correspondence Desk and people do like it. I think they do. Mm.
1: You know how like somebody who's come up as like a correspondent on some of the late night talk shows, you know how like they started off as like an intern and then they get so popular that they they break out into their own show and they become like the new king of late night? (laughs) I don't
0: know, maybe the International Love Desk is... Who knows, who knows. If there are any scouts out there, um, I'm getting really good at voiceovers and voice recordings now. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Bring Sarah's your woman. <laughs>
0: absolutely. <laughs> right, so are we ready to um, shift it up to the hot topic of the week?
1: <laughs> I think we're ready to get the the main <laughs> course on.
0: <laughs> All right. for our main course today, we are serving up recovering from a breakup. <gasps> Oof.
1: Bring a 50 pound load of <laughs> bricks. <laughs> this this is a hard one. It's also quite a saucy and exciting one.
0: Well, I think we've all been there as well, though. When I mm. kind of read this um, topic, I was like, oh, yeah, I instantly got transported back to those oh. horrible, dark memories that you have. I mean, it just feels awful when you break up with somebody, doesn't it? It does. Especially if you're the one that's being dumped. Oh. Or, you know, if you're the
1: person who ended it because you were being devalued, because you didn't feel your value was there, to step away from something, to actually break up with somebody when you actually had wished the relationship would continue. Yeah. That sucks. It does. Well, when we hear from... So a lot of clients will reach out to us at that time. They're going through a really horrible breakup. You know, we see a lot of folks saying, I'm just going through a divorce. And that's when they reach out to coaches. So we actually meet a lot of folks at this stage in their relationship, which Mm -hmm. is the ending.
0: Yeah. And it is um, the reason that it's such a tough time, I think, is because it has effect on our bodies and our brains. So there is a part in the brain that's activated, which is the same response that you get from physical pain. So often we'll say when people feel that they're in kind of those days in the kind of shit storm of the breakup where everything just feels like it's overwhelming and it feels too much, you can feel physical pain in your body. Yeah. And that's because there's a part of your brain that's activated. It also can change the chemical makeup of your brain. So it's, your brain mm. stops producing the dopamine and the serotonin. That mm. is all the, those kind of happy hormones that are going on inside your body and you, your body actually changes for a little bit. And, um, I was just doing a little quick read beforehand. It can take up to three months to recover from a breakup.
1: Yeah. Three months, actually, <laughs> to be honest, I remember one, one experience where I think it took seven years for me. Wow. For that person to not trigger feelings in me anymore.
0: That's a long time. You (laughs) could have done some coaching around that.
1: Oh my God, I could have done with coaching. Absolutely. I was younger back then. But yeah, but the the, the problem is actually to be honest. So three months, I think if you don't interrupt that grieving time with a bunch of getting back together, Mm, a bunch of like, you know, rebound relationships, because the pain is so intense that we feel we want to mask that pain. We don't want to go through the experience. We want to go around it somehow. And there ain't no other path, through grief, then through.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. You just remember those dark days, though, don't you? Kind of weeping and wailing in your bed and thinking that the world has just ended and you can't see any way that you're going to go on or move on from this or how life will ever be good again.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And you look back and they they are real raw emotions that are going on and you do feel the physical pain, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you just... Your whole body like stops functioning as a normal human yes. being. And we really just go into this state of either complete withdrawal or mm. we get super angry and pissed off at the world.
1: Uh, absolutely true. And people say all that shit about like, oh, the fish in the sea and all that mm. sort of stuff. And again, that's why advice doesn't work. Like, you know, advice doesn't help you through a breakup. Yeah. It can feel great with a bunch of your gals and a and bo- a bottle or five bottles of wine, but like <laughs> That morning after when everybody's back at work and you're still in bed and thinking, yeah. I really will never, ever live again. Yeah. It feels so, I mean, you know, when you actually cross out of it and you actually experience, you can see grief in your rear view mirror, mm. then it's a little easier to say, oh, no, I was fine. I was always going to be fine. I just had to get through it. But just in it, you absolutely feel no hope for yourself. The prospect of being alone forever is absolutely the only thing that you can see as a possibility.
0: Yeah totally and I think the other thing that we go through as well is we've got this as human beings we want to have like a logical rational reason for why something's happened and often when there's a breakup there isn't it's a combination of so many different things so whether that's around past experiences values beliefs needs not being met like there's a whole I Mm. mean just you know chuck it all into the bag shake it up could be any one (laughs) of them right (laughs) Yeah, just spill it out on the desk. It's all of it. (laughs) But when we're in that state of complete disarray, we want answers, right? We want to know, well, what was it I did wrong? Mm. You know, what was it I said? Was it um, the way I looked? Is it the way I talk? Is it the, you know, Mm. was I not good in bed? It's kind of, we go to this real kind of like shame place where instantly Mm. we take on all of the blame. And we want answers and we want it never to happen again. So we need to know what the magic formula is. And it's just like life's just not like that, is it? Mm. Because there's so many things and and sometimes it's just incompatibility. So it's not about you being a bad person, them being a bad person. It's just that you're not a good combination together. Mm. It's not right for each other. But at the time, you can't see it. And you think that is was my only chance, my only hope of love and eternal, long-lasting companionship. Yeah. And
1: then we glorify and put on a pedestal that person. Yeah. And we look back at all their notes and we look at their Instagram and we're like, oh my God, that was the perfect human being. <laughs> and I lost them because I suck. And they were just amazing. I just want them back. They just make me, complete me, et cetera. When really... Piling all the blame on yourself when really, like, when you do get the chance to look back on that relationship, you're always going to be like, nah, you know, thank God that happened. Dodged a bullet there. Thank God I was dumped. That person is just yeah. such a terrible person for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was always a bit of a dick, really. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's funny. We see things in perspective once we're through the grief, but the grief process, it's impossible to have perspective.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's real and it's raw and it's just not nice. And it makes you cry, loads. Like, who wants to be crying all the time? <laughs> exactly. It makes you cry involuntarily while you're walking around the supermarket. Oh yeah, it just weird a things song to you, right? Like that you hear weird things.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, listen, Sarah. I think you and I have been there for sure. So, if somebody's going through a breakup right now or a divorce, oh my god, we feel you.
0: Yeah, but there is hope on the other side. So, mm. all of the feelings that you, emotions that you're experiencing right now, they are all real and it Mm -hmm. will include physical pain as well as just generally emotionally painful and and draining so it it, you all of that that you're experiencing is real it is normal and it's part of a grieving process because you're grieving for this relationship that didn't work and hasn't delivered what you what you thought it would be and you feel it is real to feel overwhelmed by that yeah but we want to help you now yeah (laughs) so we can't just talk about how shit it is (laughs)
1: You know, it's so important, though, I find a lot of these advice columns don't actually spend enough time in the shit of it. Yeah. And they don't validate my emotions and experience of Mm. grief, of loss of a relationship. I love hearing, and that's why we're doing this, I love hearing that's shit. It's shit. We're not going to like sugarcoat it because we can only offer solutions for moving forward once we acknowledge just how shitty and painful it is.
0: Yeah definitely and and i agree because there is this desire in um in today's society to have a quick fix for everything it's like tell me my um my top three bullet point list that i need to do and i'm going to do it (gasps) now and then everything's going to be great again and by 12 o'clock after being dumped at 10 in the morning
1: yes it's ridiculous it I think we both of us have tried to rush through this and do these quick tip things. And it's just it's never it has not worked. Mm. God, I wish I had a coach through some of my heartbreak. <laughs> Me too. There's um author who's published like well over 25 years ago, who published William Bridges, and he published a book called Transitions. And um, he describes that before you get to a beginning, there has to be an ending. And there has to be then this painful neutral zone where nothing seems to happen nothing new is kicking off and that really applies to relationship we really try to push quickly through we say oh there's an ending okay end of relationship well let's quickly move towards a beginning of something else so we're going to throw ourselves into work and bury ourselves or we're going to find that rebound or whatever but I think what we want to do is give you tips for this really uncomfortable neutral zone this this neutral zone can last weeks Mm -hmm. months if not a couple of years of just Nothing necessarily happening or seeming to happen.
0: Yeah. I think that's such an important time though when, not, when nothing happens because mm. it's a real chance to understand more about yourself. It's a real chance to learn about what has happened is so painful because mm. that pain is a is a trigger. It's it's also a piece of information that tells us more about who we are. Mm. So it's a real chance to raise awareness of yourself. I think it's a chance to look at the why, you know, often we get this self doubt, the low self esteem, low confidence that comes out after a breakup. Why is it? So what you know, what is it about Um, what's just happened that is making you feel insecure Mm. and then dig down on some of those emotions I think it's also a chance and this definitely speaking from my own experience this is something that kind of worked for me it's a real chance to get to know who you are Mm. because especially if you've been in a relationship for a long time then you can kind of lose your own identity you don't know who you are Mm. you've got or you've created this new Person, and in reality, that isn't who you are or what makes you happy. It's a real chance to have a, a period of self discovery where you just learn mm-hmm. something about yourself rather than concentrating so much on other people and the relationship and being this perfect wife, perfect partner, perfect. Mm.
1: You know, it, it's funny too, because, and this is the painful thing, is to start to look at identity and statements of identity that don't capture you as a partner. Mm. Like, yeah, just like you're saying is to say, how did I let that relationship define me? Yeah. And who am I? Who am I really? And that's, that's hard.
0: It Yeah, and it is really tough. And I suppose there's a step before that, isn't there? Before you can get to that kind of real reflective stage I think there's Mm -hmm. a step before that that is just getting you back on being a human being again so like Mm. you know we talked about how it paralyzes you it can literally stop you from eating stop you from sleeping Mm. you can't get out of bed so that you know the first thing is to really is to focus on overcoming that desire to just kind of shrink into a hole and never come back out Mm. again even just establishing some really really small daily Uh, daily routines yeah Yeah. for self-care like I'm gonna I'm gonna get up I'm gonna brush my teeth I'm gonna get on pajamas Mm. and I'm gonna do that every day I'm gonna step outside the front door even if I just walk around the block because shame really makes us totally go into ourselves and makes us want to hide from the world and we feel like everybody knows that we've just been dumped in (laughs) reality they don't right and neither do they give a shit (laughs) because they've got their own shame that they're dealing with yeah
1: yeah. so
0: just getting out even just walking around the block going to the shop for a pint of milk anything do something every single day that allows you to get up and get moving because you will feel better just for taking those small steps yeah and and try and eat as well like for me, I know I really struggle to eat when I'm kind of emotional, when there's something mm. that's happened that's so big because it's a monumental um, occasion. But we get this in other parts of life, don't we, not just from a breakup where we feel so emotional. Like I know that food is, some people turn to food, for me, I turn away from it. Mm-hmm. So it's really important just to try and have even just something small every day if you're in that place. Gosh, Yeah.
1: And as a person who turns to food, (laughs) I'm going to speak for us and say that a lot of the times when we are going through a breakup and we're in the shame and we have been devalued because somehow uncoupling from that relationship has left us to be a worthless pile, we don't see our own worth. And so we then start to say, well, then I don't deserve nutrition. I don't deserve good things. So we fill ourselves up with trash saying, well, what's the point? And of course, you know, pop culture just, you know, reinforces that. Uh, It's like McDonald's was made for breakups or something (laughs) like that. But to imagine to say, I'm going to cook myself a meal. Yeah. We may not feel loving of ourselves through a breakup, but if we can start to, even if it's mechanical at first, to start to do some self-care things. Maybe things that you would tell a girlfriend to do.
0: Yeah and there's a lot to be said for just affirmations as well so mm. yeah something that just popped into my mind there when you said about uh it, things might feel mechanical um another really good way of trying to boost your self-esteem and um, increase your own self-worth is to have daily affirmations mm. and I think we've talked about it before on the podcast I'm a big fan of them especially when you are feeling really low and down mm. they are they does feel mechanical to begin with but you know it is proven that the more that you say them repeat them every single day you know sometimes three times a day depending on where you're at it mm. will produce a benefit in your life and you will start to feel stronger and more worthy as a person as a result mm. of it. Oh, gosh, yeah.
1: And the affirmations may not actually land in a place where you can believe it. But after weeks and weeks of hearing something positive, combined with the reality is an emotional state will never be permanent. There's a lack of permanence of yeah. any emotion, bliss, happiness, love, satisfaction, unhappiness, grief, and I think actually, you know, funny enough, I think kids are learning this in school these days about mm-hmm. emotional regulation and, and noticing emotions as opposed to letting them lead you, Yeah, that you can start to disconnect from the emotions, just observe it. Yeah, And you may find, okay, I'm making these affirmational statements, maybe I've got a chalkboard and I'm writing these beautiful yeah. statements that I see. And I feels like shit right now, but I'm going to notice that in four weeks' time, I'm going to be doing this, and the grief has less of a hold of me. It's interesting that I'm starting to see the storm has come in, Mm. and we've battened down the hatches, and we're just working through the shit of it, and just this awful storm. But I'm starting to notice that the storm is starting to go out to sea, and the clouds are starting to part a little bit, and a little bit of sunshine is starting to come Mm. back in. And with these affirmational statements, you'll actually, with weeks and weeks, you'll notice the grief is going away.
0: Yeah. That was a beautiful picture you just painted for us there. And on the emotional awareness, I think it is really important to notice what emotions are coming up and often we do just let the emotions um take over and run our life for us but if we can just stop and pause and recognize the emotions either you know as part of doing the daily affirmations or just in general like how am I feeling um Mm -hmm. so do a quick check-in how do I feel how does my body feel how does my mind feel what emotions are coming up for me just really kind of understand all the different elements of you as a person Mm -hmm. and sometimes I just wanted to say going back to the food thing, because I know it comes up a lot, doesn't it? Like h- how mm. our emotions are associated with food. You know, sometimes you might need a bit of indulgence. So you might mm. for a period of time, sometimes you need that just actually I am just gonna eat crisps for the next week and <laughs> um I'll survive and I'll be fine. But there just comes a point, doesn't there, where you say, actually this isn't making me happy. I can't mm. I don't want to live like this forever. You know, the reality is I want better for myself and that's when you can start to kind of really click in with the okay I'm going to nurture myself I am going to look after who I am I'm going to look after my body Mm. so that my body can look after me and you know but there was emotions I think that happened particularly in the early stages really just recognize them you don't have to do anything with them you don't have to fix everything Mm. straight away just recognize it oh
1: god that's so beautiful Sarah oh man yeah
0: I feel like there's so much. I feel like I could talk about this topic I know. for, for I such know. a long time. But I, I feel like it's not just connected with breakup. It's, it's connected with some of the big stuff that comes up. And, and I do mm. feel like people are really struggling with some big, big topics. You know, right now, there are people who are really, really worried about the future. And so all the things that we're talking about today really apply to those situations as well. Because they are big emotional shifts in our lives. Yeah. So everything that we're talking about, the emotions, all the stuff that's coming up could equally be applied to those situations. Oh,
1: yeah. And I'm thinking of the people who have hit a real rocky patch in COVID and perhaps now see their relationship in a different light and may realize this is not the relationship that is serving me Yeah. And perhaps they're scared to make a move because they're not in their power seat right now for various reasons. And they're sc- they're like, I can't go through breakup. So I might yeah. as well just stick with this person. So maybe consider our conversation is packing your bags. If you're feeling like taking the leap and packing your bags for the storm, these are some considerations that you can take with you if you choose to take the brave step of moving on from a relationship that's not serving you.
0: Yeah although I would say before you do that have a conversation first because you might find out that actually the story you've created in your mind is not real whatsoever at all so don't just pack your bags
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to I feel like you have to um be reminding me a lot of that because I'm usually (laughs) like all right get going time to break up Sarah's like uh hold on communication step communication step
0: (laughs) yeah so Anna's um and as emotional default, it's just to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it actually is. It it actually is. Oh, uh, And I do have to be reminded. Yeah, just sit so back.
0: We, yeah, we need to pause, breathe, and then have a chat about it. <laughs> and ask, what have I not tried in the lines
1: of communication yeah. in terms of seeing the other side and just sorting through the mess of these stories that both me and my partner may have told ourselves? Yeah,
0: exactly. So... I'm conscious of time as ever. (laughs) Well, I loved
1: this. I feel like we just scratched the surface, but...
0: I do as well. I feel like, I I do genuinely feel like I could devote a whole two-hour podcast to this subject.
1: (laughs) But I feel like what we're trying to tell listeners is, well, we're not trying to tell you anything because we're not advice folks, we're coaches, but I do know that you're going to be okay. And if there's one affirmational statement to put up on that chalkboard at home in your kitchen is, you're going to be just fine
0: yeah and going back to a point you raised i think as well as that it's um this moment will pass Mm. nothing emotional lasts forever it is a brief moment in your 60 70 80 90 year life whatever the expectancy is depends how much you talk to strangers as we well know from a past (laughs) podcast
1: (laughs) if you missed it guys the more you talk to strangers the longer you'll live yeah
0: (laughs) go back and catch up on that one Yeah. So it is something that will pass and it's normal to feel really shit right now. You will feel better. Yeah, Have some real confidence in who you are. Create some really good statements that actually, whilst you might not believe them today, you will believe them in the future. But just write down who you are as a person because you are worthy and you are worthy of love and you're worth having a relationship that reflects that and provides that in your life. Mm.
1: Oh, beautiful said.
0: Feeling philosophical now <laughs> yeah
1: oh that's lovely Sarah
0: I watched a really sad film at the weekend actually now I feel like I can share it after all <laughs> and I can't remember what the name of it was um but it was about six or seven different people who all meet randomly and connect and it was just really sad she was trying to escape an abusive relationship and then she managed to find some help from somebody else who was then connected with somebody else in the whole story and just the way that they came together but it made me weep on the sofa because it was just so emotionally sad and I just can't imagine she had these two children with her and it was just horrible like really kind of pulls at your heartstrings Mm. but sometimes I feel like we need to watch things like that to really feel i suppose just connected or to Mm. understand life outside of our own bubble Um, and to also you know we started off the show talking about gratitude to actually be grateful for the things that we have got in our life because we've got you know where we've got support or we've got a loving family or Mm. you know whatever it is that we've got everybody's got something to be grateful for Mm.
1: gosh that's true Mm. and it is known that the more that we expose and allow ourselves to have the full range of emotional experience, of human emotional experience, just like sadness, like the sadness of watching a film and feeling it connected us, the happier we are. Yeah, It's very weird how the corporate world has convinced us that the only valid and approved emotion that we should be seeking is happiness. But in fact, actually, that is that is what's driving our unhappiness, mm. is thinking that all other emotions are awful or or unwanted or yeah. unnatural.
0: And that we shouldn't share those emotions with others. So I was talking with a coaching client on Friday who said, you know, that they've just been in their kind of line of work. It really is this stiff upper lip. We don't, say that we're having an off day and it's kind of like wow yeah. <laughs> okay how does that work for you then <laughs> it doesn't I'm imagining yeah exactly well hence the coaching. yeah
1: <laughs> that's hilarious yeah
0: oh right so we move on to the question
1: absolutely let's
0: go okay. so this is an interesting one Anna how do I help my partner find a job? Oh, well,
1: that came a little out of left field. Mm. Now, before I think of this being on a LinkedIn site or the all of a sudden guys that we turned into, uh, you know, LinkedIn or job profiler, there's a lot of stuff in this question. Mm. At first, like at the first glance of this question, I think, oh, this is very nice. A partner or a spouse is noting that their significant other is perhaps struggling in the job market, right? We wouldn't get this question if this person had just kind of maybe been laid off or had quit their job and just found another one quickly and easily. Mm. Obviously, this is a partner who is struggling to find work, I'm gathering. Yeah. So very innocent question is, how do I help my partner find a job? On the face of it, it sounds quite innocent and nice and helpful. But then I take a step deeper and I think,
0: hmm. I think there's some loading in this question. Oh, yeah. So what's coming up for you? Well, the thing that comes up for me is, are they asking this question because they feel like their partner isn't capable or Mm -hmm. their partner hasn't done what they expected them to do? Or, you know, you get this question sometimes in a different format, which is, my partner isn't ambitious enough. So there could be kind of some of that coming in, I think, in terms of this question. I agree.
1: There's something like, my partner is not capable enough of getting a good job Mm. and I think they should do this. And they're always really good at that. Why don't they try to get this kind of work?
0: Yeah. There's this kind of, I know what's best for you and you don't. I
1: think they should do this. Exactly.
0: And then if we take that a step further, why is it that all of that's important? Who are you trying to keep up with?
1: And that hits because we are socialized to believe that that our spouses should listen to us, Mm. that we are interdependent, co-dependent on each other it's actually absolutely false. And that's what leads to unhealthy relationships and and breakup.
0: Mm. I think this is a tricky subject as well, isn't it? Because, so assuming that you're not on that end of the spectrum, and you don't want to mm. take over and tell them what to do when start filling the job applications for them, <laughs> then assuming you're not at that end of the spectrum, I think it can be quite a tricky thing to navigate as a partner. Because, how much help and support do you give versus taking over and dictating kind of what should happen? I think that's a real balance. There's a real problem with boundaries and where that boundary is. Yeah,
1: there completely is. The thing is, is that you're in a partnership. So you're financially, there are interdependencies. Um, There's interdependencies in terms of Mm -hmm. like location, you know, where you're living, where your job is, etc. But at the end of the day, your partner's job search is their own business you have a supporting role in that. But that is their life. And your job and your career and the steps that you take is your life
0: too. It is very difficult, I think, to navigate. What I would say is if we use the same principles that we use in coaching, where Mm. it is about the other person provides the agenda, the direction, the you're not attached to the outcome of what happens, I think you can draw some parallels to that in this situation. So how do I help my partner find a job? Okay, ask them what support they need. So you don't dictate, you don't, you just say, look, I love you. I really mm-hmm. want to help support you. What can I do that is going to help in this situation? Yeah.
1: If I were asked to do that, I think what I would need to go through first is, well, what's coming up for, what's coming up for me I want to support my partner, but I have emotional attachment to them getting work. Yeah. I need to sort my shit out first and say, well, why is it important for them to find a job? Yeah. So sort my own shit out first. Yeah. And by doing so, can I actually get to a neutral point where I can ask without any strings attached to my partner, what support do you need? Mm -hmm. How can I detach myself from the outcome of them getting
0: a job or not? Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think you can't objectively help somebody else where you've still got your own baggage attached to that. Mm. And
1: my own agenda.
0: Yeah, I do. This is a really difficult situation. I think both for the the person asking the question and the partner who's looking for a job. And I know that there are a lot of people that are affected because of COVID. And certainly the the stories that you hear in the US, it's the same in in the UK and in Europe as well. So I know a lot of people are really, really struggling right now with this. Mm And there is a balance between support and dictatorship. There's just somewhere in the middle. It's trying to find that middle ground and trying to locate. I think I'm struggling to answer the question because I don't feel like it's, there isn't a specific answer. It's not a one size fits all. It really is about working together and digging deep as a partnership to really connect on the point and really have that, common goal without being uh, I'm going to tell you what to do so Mm. I'm assuming the goal is that the partner wants to find a job too and you as their partner are clearly coming from a place of positive intention you want to help them as much as possible Mm. so if we take that shared common goal and then connect together to help find an answer because what's right for one person Mm. is not going to be the same for somebody else I think that's the most loving
1: and flexible position to take Mm -hmm. in terms of looking at the big picture. And I think the reason why that's so important is because what I'm seeing in coaching folks over the last seven months is is nine months already now with COVID. Um, So the common (laughs) thing that I hear from clients is like, we just signed them up is I've been laid off and I don't know what to do. And I need to get a job and my partner's like freaking out. My layoff package is going to end. My severance package is going to end. We're going to have no money. What I'm now realizing is hiding under that is transition. Mm. What And what I've actually witnessed people do is they've realized it's time to, they want to pursue another direction. Yeah. They don't want to actually just find another job. You know, like me, who's transitioned out of just pure clinical practice and has gone to coaching, yourself, mm. who has transitioned into coaching, lurking under the surface there is, I want to do something different with my life and take a new direction. And that's mm. terrifying. But If you can work on your own shit and then move into a space where you look at the big goals, you can leave room for your partner to actually start to explore and say, you know what? I think I don't want to find a job in the same sector. (gasps) I've been unhappy for years Mm. and I've actually seen layoffs as an opportunity because it's kicked somebody out of that complacency of the unhappiness they know and they realize, wait a minute, (gasps) oh my God, I think I want to do something totally different.
0: Yeah. Well, you fall out of the um, salary trap, don't you? It's like that. Um, you've got no choice. You're out with it. So,
1: oh gosh, that is br- fallen out of the salary trap. Oh my god, Sarah, that is brilliant. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just like how do I find another job as a partner. If you're thinking, okay, how do I help my partner find another job? Is how do I support them to do what they love and be something that they love?
0: Yeah, and that support can come in a whole different range of things, can't it? So it may be as simple as a few months ago, my daughter was exploring universities and she said, mm. and I was like, I'm, I'm desperate to help her, right? So as a parent, I'm kind of like, this is such an exciting, you know, you talk about transition. This is like yeah. the biggest transition that she's going to ever have, you know, in her kind of young adulthood. And it's like, right, how can I help you? I'm desperate to, to just make everything great for her. And she yeah. went, um, you can leave me alone. I was like, I was like a little wounded soldier. And Ooh. I was like, okay. <laughs> Which made it even more hilarious when four nights ago, she came to me and said, right, I don't know how to pick university and I need to get the form in by Friday. (laughs) And I was like, okay, we're not doing this. This is 10 past 10 at night. So the reason for sharing that is, you know... It's support and um and being there for your partner can come in a whole different range of things. Mm-hmm. So it might actually be giving them space to figure out what they want to do. It might be mm-hmm. taking the load off, you know, saying, right, okay, I'll sort out dinner, I'll do all, all the domestic side of life. It might be sitting down and just having a conversation with them about yeah. kind of what skills they've got. It might be something more practical, helping them with their CV or their LinkedIn profile. Like it yeah. can it can be in any form of support or it might just be giving them a hug at the end of every day and yeah. tell them everything will be okay
1: gosh that those are all incredible you know what's interesting too is that like a couple of other things should your partner i wouldn't say unsolicited words of encouragement but I generally tend to kind of lean into if I haven't reminded them how amazing and stellar that I find them, like how capable, confident, I often will sort of say, you know, have I told you just how impressive I think you are? Like, do you Mm. remember when you did that amazing presentation? Or do you remember when, you know, your boss was telling you you really rocked that? Or, and then the other thing too, is I find what is helpful is actually saying, you know what, we're going to be fine. If you do this and that, if you need to take a time to explore, like, we've got this you know we can maybe get a little bit of savings out of the bank and that's the rainy day thing the rainy day fund if if you need to take up a little bit of time we're going to be fine yeah so reassuring them that there is a safety net that Mm. I find that that's actually really helpful to pitch in
0: yeah and I think when you feel that confidence like when you said those words I felt quite calm there I was like it's okay Mm. we're going to be fine yeah I could feel the calmness it really shifts Mm. the energy it does change it and and sometimes Mm. you just need that somebody else to say to you it happened to us recently actually Mm. from our own experience and and just knowing that there is you're right knowing there's a safety net there knowing Mm. that you've got a fallback position it gives you the freedom to not make choices out of fear alone. So Mm. you can start to make the choices that are right for the long term rather than Mm. making a quick snap decision out of fear for what might happen.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. And I've found that people actually have more resources to mobilize to think of the long term than they think. Mm. Everyone thinks that they need to speed back, oh, there's mortgage payments, there's car payments, etc. But actually... A lot can happen in four to six months of being, quote unquote, unemployed. A lot can happen. And if you can just mobilize your rainy day stuff just to help create a space for about four to six months, amazing transition that really serves the long term can happen if you're not in such a rush.
0: And I do feel we're quite resourceful as human beings. You know, there are, and we waste a lot, right? So there's ways that you can go back. There's ways to look at exactly what you need as opposed to what you might just want. And, you know, there's, there are ways people do it every day. People live on incredibly small amounts of money all of the time. So there's always ways.
1: I love that. I've been discovering that as well, actually, mm. with the, I think the Doc Martens purchase is something I'm not actually going to make. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I find that if I'm not paying $200 for a pair of shoes, how much less income did I need to yeah. not support that extravagant purchase? Yeah. Or eating in at home. And the whole world is doing that right now. The great thing yeah. is you're in great company if you're Absolutely. going to be into frugal measures.
0: Yeah, everybody, as you say, is in a real similar position. There's a lot of people who've been really hit financially with the coronavirus crisis that we're still in and have still got some some way to go really in it. Mm. But I think what is really great about that is not feeling alone is it reduces the amount of shame um because I think the worst thing about not having a job is you feel shameful because we attach so much to who we are in the work that we do and the fact that we get a collective paycheck at the end of it in reality that's not where your worth is at all Mm -hmm. it's just you know that's how that's how society operates we get paid for things and we have to pay things out that's it that's all it boils down to but that's not who you are it's not where your worth comes from And really take time to look at the things that, you know, really demonstrate your worth and and how amazing you are as a human being.
1: Yes. You know, it's funny if I saw an article like that in response to a question like, how do I help my spouse find a job? Well, whoa, now this is a different take on things. This Mm. feels a hell of a lot better than... Set up a LinkedIn profile for your husband. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it comes back to the stuff we talk about all the time, doesn't it? About having a healthy relationship, having respect for one another, and really mm. being committed to each other and connected to each other. It just comes back to. I mean, we talk about this. It comes up in different shapes and forms in yeah, in the stuff that we discuss every week, right? Yeah, but I mean, saying that is is one thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Creating it, achieving it, <laughs> and building it, and making it last is quite yeah. another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's
1: hard, but it's doable.
0: It is. It is. And, you know, as Anna will always say, we are all work in progress. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. Absol- I mean, the thing is, this tri- this question triggered my own recollection of when my husband uh, was transitioning from his master's into his current job, there mm. was a period of somewhat terrifying job searches that didn't yeah. seem to be going anywhere. Oh, and I had a whole bunch of opinions as to what he yeah. should be doing. Didn't hold back from telling him. <laughs> And it didn't work
0: not a thing helped. yeah, I know we've all been there we've all we've all done this incredibly badly Yes, <laughs> we've all responded to the same question yes. in, a, in a terrible way but yeah. that's because we're all human beings and it's really difficult to take a step back sometimes
1: but you know what's funny is that the only thing that worked is taking a step back yeah. and disconnecting from that personal attachment to the outcome of his job search yeah and just being like he'll do what he does. And yeah. he absolutely got an awesome job of mm. his own hard work and he worked out just fine.
0: Yeah, I do have to um, say, though, I wouldn't be in Jersey if it wasn't for me <laughs> for me um, being a bit um, dictatorial in our relationship. <laughs> yeah, so my ex, who we moved over to Jersey together, was still married at the time. Uh, so just before we moved over, he was had hit a bit of a crossroads in his job mm. uh, we were having a bit of a row um, <laughs> where I said well look in the back of there there's always jobs in there so it was mm. like an industry magazine so he opened it and on the back section where they had all the jobs was a job in Jersey and that's how we ended up here all oh. because of a row so um, there are ah. times when it t- <laughs> it can take a whole different turn and a different route to your life um, so that was mm. one example where I am grateful we had a bit of a row <laughs> okay all right okay it was um probably a sliding doors moment Anna
1: oh yes exactly (laughs) it is so (laughs) true and the rest was history
0: yes it was indeed although would we have stayed married if we're in the UK still oh who knows
1: that is a sliding doors question isn't it So, you know, I love that you say that because like at the end of the day, you know, I'm a relationship coach, but man, I still screw up in my own relationship on the daily. Me too. You know, and the good thing is like, don't take yourself too seriously. You can really reach these heights of enlightenment and complete detachment in your relationship and support and totally like maturity. But then, and then sometimes I I just slip back into just being in my old naggy self and that's okay. It is what it is. And sometimes something like this, where I'm like, just go do that. And he finds an opportunity out of it. So not to say that nagging doesn't get you anywhere, but (laughs) sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it may.
0: Well, yeah, there's always, there's no good or bad to anything that we do that they're just needed at different times. So that was a time when we needed some movement and movement happened. So yeah, it isn't about, you know, what you're saying before, it's not about having a perfect relationship day in, day out for the rest of your life, because that's just not reality. Sometimes a f-
1: some fire under the ass is needed. I need some
0: fire in your belly. <laughs> oh,
1: wonderful! Well, I feel incredibly validated right now. <laughs> I feel, I feel like the best partner ever, and my partner feels like the best partner to me, and we feel great right now in this moment with all our humanity and flaws and imperfections.
0: And ride that wave for as long as possible. <laughs> You've got about a week until you're back with him. (laughs) Oh, God, totally. (laughs) We'll chat again then.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, guys. Yeah, exactly. In our next podcast recording, I will have been two days back at home. And let's see how that feels. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, there's some adjustment we like, need to come.
1: You, you couldn't have cleaned the bathroom while I was gone. No, I'm joking. Apparently, he has cleaned at least once <laughs> in two months. Oh, I don't know if the sheets have been changed. That's the only thing I'll be like. <laughs> Did it not occur? To- no, I don't want to throw shade his way I, I He's been just fabulous like he's he's learned to cook new things he's um taken care of all our animals he's been cleaning and just doing all the things he's doing all the things. so I think he's just been a super champ
0: No, oh, and I'm sure that when you reunite it'll just be gorgeous a gorgeous moment.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. possibly a little x-rated. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do have to say just, and this is the last point and then I really think we should go. I met somebody that I hadn't, that I used to work with a long time ago and I'd said about the podcast and he went, oh yeah, yeah, he said, um, he said, yeah, it's about sex. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, no, it's not really. It's about relationships, but sex are a big part of that. So yeah, it did make me wonder.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because yeah, sometimes if you tune in at strategic times on our podcast, sometimes it would seem that it's all about sex. Yeah,
0: to be fair, I think he had listened to the one which was all about sex. So oh, that's probably okay, where okay. it came from. As I dug a bit deeper, because my first reaction was, no, that's not what it's all about. Mm. But yeah, as I dug deeper, I found out we'd listened to the one that was about that. <laughs> sometimes it is Mm -hmm. and I always
1: try to squeeze it in in every podcast just a wee bit of sex just to (laughs) spice it up
0: well there you go you've just had your spicy moment
1: there you go exactly (laughs) we've we've had our singing and our sex and that's and our international love correspondence desk and that's all we need really yeah Plus, some great questions from our listening audience. Info at geordylast.com. Get some questions our way.
0: Keep them coming, yeah. Christmas is on its way. I'm sure you've got some questions about that. Ooh, yes. (laughs) Right, I think we should wrap it up.
1: Let's get to the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take this to the pub.
0: Oh, well, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Hopefully, the listeners enjoy the output.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we'll meet next week for yeah. another round of inspiring conversation that makes us think and possibly lets our listeners know that they're not alone and that they're going to be just fine.
0: Oh, I can't wait. All right. Have a great week ahead. And you. Speak soon. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting.